Hi, welcome to the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast of ThetaGame.com. I'm your host, Juni, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions and anything said in this podcast. Future podcasts should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in AMD, NVIDIA, and Google. Thank you. Holy moly. Uh, not sure if it's coming through the mic or not, but your boy is sick. Um, you know, I have a lot of mucus. I feel congested. So, you know, it's not like what I had last time when I had COVID, where it was dry and I was just coughing all the time, trying to get out phlegm that did not exist in my lungs or something. Um, this time, just congested, not really coughing, but uh, yeah, definitely runny nose at times and it's just annoying. Um, I'm going home in a week, so I'm, I guess I'm just kind of glad that this isn't happening while I'm at home. Um, but uh, yeah, let's just get started with today's episode. Uh, I don't mind the congestion. Last week has been really crazy uh, in the crypto space. Lots of bad things happening in the crypto world where people are pretending they have money that they that they don't. They're leveraging people's money. Uh, like these are big, big organiza- organizations and exchanges doing this too. It's not just like rogue traders or anything. And so um, in the beginning of the week, uh, the stock market felt some of those pains, some of those scares, and the stock market started going down um, uh, really, really badly, I, I would say. Uh, and then the next day was a CPI report. Now, the stock market went down because of the crypto news, and it just held at like a pretty crucial support. And uh, I'd say that like if had CPI been bad, we would be already down at the next leg. But... The inflationary or the CPI report uh, came in really good. We actually lowered our inflation by 0.5 instead of 0.3. So our annual inflation rate is 7.7 now, where we expected it to be 7.9. But of course, a lower number is better. And we are currently now at 7.7%, which is good. The main thing that you need to watch out for is that, hey, right now it's... It's sunshines and daisies and all, all those good good things and good feelings. Um, but what you have to weigh is what Jay Powell said and uh, you know some of his um, previous FOMC remarks. You know where they meet uh, and announce interest rate hikes and you know cuts. Um, he expects pain to be in the labor market, more pain to be in the labor market, and maybe in some of it in housing. While we've seen some pain in the labor market and we've seen some pain in housing, we just don't know what de- to what degree they're looking at uh, housing and uh, labor pains. Yeah, he's been asked in the Q and A section of like when exactly uh, they expect or you know what what they expect it to be, and he's always just remarked about. Um, uh, that there are multiple data points that they're looking at and that labor and, um, uh, oh my goodness, labor and housing is just one of those factors. Is It's not just those two things that they're looking at, rather they're looking at collectively as a whole, of keeping an eye on inflation rates, um, bond, like everything. We're talking about housing, uh, employment, everything. So it's a bit ambiguous to know 100% whether or not the 0.75 basis point or 75 basis point increases are going to keep on happening. Um, He alluded to some uh, rates uh, being paused or cut uh, or like lessening the rate at which we raise rates the last FOMC meeting. So we'll see if that actually comes to fruition. Uh, 
if CPI reports even lower uh, the next time around, especially during the holiday season, man, I'd say we are looking good. But right now, if the market keeps on rallying like it has been for the last half of this week, and it's rallied pretty hard, um, then I expect there to be some sort of like rug pulley type of action. But that's a huge if, right? Like, so what I think the best way to move forward is definitely just fix your averages, fix your dollar cost averaging on all the positions that you're red on right now. Like, start um, entertaining the idea that we might just go up from here, like that that all the, the, the redness is over and maybe we can enjoy some green uh, a little bit longer than our previous rallies have been. Uh, but not go all in because, of course, we're always trying to dodge a bad CPI report or dodge a surprise rate hike. We just don't know for sure if those are starting to happen. It's just now that we're actually starting to see the data reflect um, that things are getting better. Whereas before, it was, it's been really a crapshoot of whether or not things are getting better on the inflationary front because things have been reported being very flat or slightly up, you know, kind of scary seeing if we're plateauing. But this is the first time where it's like, wow, CPI has gone down further than we expect, further down than we expected. So that's always a good sign. Uh, over the last, I think, three podcast episodes, I've talked about AMD being the only stock right now that I'm like really confident in. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of proving that with just my trade. So if you want to go check them out, datagain.com slash Juni. Uh, I've been up to 600 shares on AMD, um, though they are all covered. Uh, I'm planning to fully hold those uh, through NVIDIA earnings this week. Uh, which are which is on Wednesday, but we'll get into earnings in just a bit. Uh, but AMD, man, they've they've had solid they've had solid reports on the GPU and CPU front with their new data center chips too. So AMD, not that bad. However, um, because I always love giving like a slightly, you know, bullish take, not too bullish. I got kind of cool off with some like kind of scary stuff. Uh, last I checked, if I yeah, so AMD right now its P&E ratio is forty three point three eight, which is like low key kind of high. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be over here like you know saying oh it's worth it you know they're on track to beat their records and stuff. You have to remember that they lowered their guidance and they're seeing like weakening in the PC space or you know at least for now because everyone just got all their newest tech and stuff so maybe people are less willing to upgrade. But um, its PE is forty three. Uh, when I was uh, primarily interested in AMD, its PE ratio was like twenty, right? Like that's where I started justifying my AMD entry because I was like, oh, twenty is pretty cheap for for AMD um, PE ratio wise. And so if I look at Nvidia stock, Nvidia stock, oh well, actually prior to the rally, uh, Nvidia actually had a lower PE ratio than Nvidia, but Nvidia has a higher P&E ratio now of 53. So this this makes more sense. So maybe I will digress on this point. Um, but before uh, before the rally, there was like a brief moment in time where AMD had a higher P&E ratio than Nvidia, which should have been like I guess a good sign to get a little bit into Nvidia. But that's also good because I have uh, 200 Nvidia shares and 600 AMD shares. So. This rally that we've been having is welcome 
for me. Like I, I welcome it with both arms, but uh, I am scared to recommend it to really anybody else just because my position is a little bit more safe uh, than if you were to just say invest now. Um, quickly going to futures. Are futures out yet? You know, no, futures are pretty flat. Yeah, they're not, they're not out. <clears throat> um, but yeah, just clicking through. NVIDIA's been on a tear. AMD's been on a tear. Uh, Google's been rebounded to my, uh, to my cost basis uh, because I've dollar cost average since it's been down. Like as soon as I bought Google, Google went down like a lot. <laughs> Google went down like 25%, but bounded, rebounded like uh, 13 and I've dollar cost average on the way down. I have to say the number one thing that has given me a chance because I'm not green yet for this year, but the number one thing that has given me a chance to be green for this year has been dollar cost averaging. Um, I, I can't stress enough how boring of a strategy it is and how safe it is, especially if you're trying to play and buy and invest into stocks that are like safer and less volatile than say like penny stocks or any of your traditional SPACs or growth stocks. But being able to dollar cost average on a stock that you really like has been my savior. Um, this year, I am currently down, I think, around like 11K. At some point this year, I was down 40K. Um, but the difference now is that I'm invested uh, and I'm down only 11K, which sounds like copium, but I actually have money invested that can still benefit me uh, if it were to go uh, if the stock market would go higher. Now, it's not just like me realizing like a 40K loss and just sitting there. There's like a huge difference of, you know, making sure that your money stays working for you. Of course, you know, like over the last, this last year, it's really felt like if you just had money in your, in, in your portfolio, it was just going down. But there's gonna come a time where that sentiment shifts and it's up to you to decide, you know, when does the risk reward make sense to you? I have been playing this risk reward game this entire year. Every time I think that we're about to go back up, I get a little bit more bullish, I buy just a little bit more, but then we, we ended up just keep kept on going down, which is okay, right? Which is okay. It's okay to uh, make mistakes, it's okay to lose, but what sets me differently than just like another person that might have just started trading like a month ago is that my losses are safer. They're maybe even smaller and they're maybe even better. Whereas, you know, maybe on the way down, someone is very active buying puts and they are just really bad at taking profits because there's many chances where buying puts have been profitable or they hold on too long or, or something. Uh, versus me where I'm like accumulating shares, working on my cost basis. Yes, I'm going down, but I'm always just selling covered calls. And then if the covered calls stop making sense, then I'm just buying more shares. My losses over a longer period of time generate a better chance for me to actually end up being green. Whereas if you buy options on the way down like puts and you're wrong, wow, you just realized a loss and now you have less capital to work with to get you back in the green. I think my main takeaway from this blurb is that um, when sentiment shifts, we all rush to be the one that's correct, right? Like, when, right when sentiment shifts, that's when you have the most chance to make a profit, okay?
everyone that trades wants to be that person. And I'm, I'm just saying, I would like to be that person too. I'm not gonna lie and say, hey, I don't want to maximize my gains by buying the bottom and then selling at the top, right? Like every trader wants to do that. The difference here is that the strategies that I use when I think the sentiment shifts, uh, they're safer, right? I can play those out a lot longer than someone that just buys a simple, say, like long naked put or just a put. Um, so just be wary that like, my trades are public. You can see them at thetagain.com slash junie. Like if you need proof, go to uh, my Twitch stream on Tuesdays at twitch.tv slash realthetagang. Uh, I show my profile there every week, my entire portfolio. And I'm just really trying to prove that you don't need to make a hero play to like sort of like dig yourself out of the red. Um, there's going to be many opportunities for you to do that where you think like, oh, there's no way we can go down further from here or there's no way we go up from this report. There's always a way. And it's just so hard to predict those. So what I'm trying to just, I guess, really prove this year is that your trade could go horribly wrong and it's just going to take a long time to fix. Whereas in 2020, I, I talk about this a lot, like I got caught in the corona crash about the 80K worth of assignment, but that all rebounded pretty well. And that taught me that I can be nimble with my like thesis and be able to like switch sentiment when I need to be and do plays that are safer and, you know, play for, you know, maybe there's going to be a, 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 a double bottom or maybe we're going to test the bottoms again after the COVID rally. But that was a very swift correction. This correction now, or this bear market that we're in, is the first bear market where all my trades are public and you can see everything that I do. And so while it's taking a little bit longer than expected, because, well, I've never done purely theta game trades in a bear market like this, um, it's working. My uh, overall portfolio profit loss is getting closer and closer to zero because right now I am red. Uh, much like I think a lot of other people, but I'm I'm slowly grinding and getting back. So come check it out, twitch.tv slash real 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. A lot of newer people have been uh, coming coming back, um, or not coming back, but like showing up, uh, but then a lot of older people that I haven't, I haven't seen in a while are also coming back. So let that also be an indicator that people that have taken breaks are starting to come back. Like it's starting to seem a little bit more enticing for people to get back into the stock market. The website analytics, people are showing up and logging back in um, more than before than this year. So it's like, we're starting to see people be interested back in the stock market again. And that could be a really good sign for some sort of Santa rally maybe, but we'll see. This week, we have the NVIDIA earnings, which directly impacts a lot of my shares. That includes my AMD position, <laughs> my NVIDIA position, and my Google position. So uh, let's get into today's earnings, and I think that'll be it. <clears throat> I think my, um, my voice is getting a little too thrashed. <laughs> All right. Uh, this week for earnings is, I think, it's just a little bit more interesting than last week. Uh, after close, or before open on Monday... So that's uh, tomorrow because I'm recording this on Sunday. Before open on Monday, there's Tyson. So if you wanted to play this, well, it's too late. There's also Oatly, um, the, the oat milk company. Oh, man, I remember that. That, was, that, that, was, that seemed like such a forever ago. Uh, before open on Tuesday, there's Walmart, Home Depot, and Krispy Kreme. 
after close on Tuesday, nothing much. Um, before open on Wednesday, there's Target and Lowe's, uh, and as well as Tencent. Uh, after close on Wednesday, there's Nvidia, Cisco, uh, and Beth and Buddy Works. Uh, before open on Thursday, there's Alibaba, Macy's, uh, BJ's, Kohl's, Dole. Uh, after close on Thursday, there's Palo Alto, Gap, uh, Ross, and Applied Materials. And then before open on Friday, there's Foot Locker and JD. The most important earnings for this week, by far for me, is NVIDIA. And that's after close on Wednesday. However, there are a few things that you want to like look out for for this week. So this week is also the week of retail. Like we see Walmart and Target both reporting. So those two will both be very interesting. Target will, of course, be affected by how Walmart reports. But um, we kind of just want to hear an update for the backed up inventory uh, for like Walmart and Target. Um, the story there, and I, I reported this in the podcast before, is that when there were a lot of supply chain issues, uh, all these stores ordered a lot from a lot of different places. Um, and then as the supply chain issues uh, started getting fixed, those items, a lot of those items that they ordered started coming in at the same time. And then the recession happened right or this you know market correction happened uh and then uh because less people are buying and to you know circumvent or get around the supply chain all these stores had ordered more inventory than normal met with lower demand they have so much product just in their warehouses and their their store locations so we'll see if people have been buying up uh more of their products or if uh we'll see that you know maybe they still have an inventory issue problem another uh genre of companies reporting this week include chinese companies uh there is jd uh before open on friday an even bigger company uh alibaba before open on thursday uh and i thought i saw oh yeah tencent before open on wednesday so you know, there's been a lot of negative media behind uh, Chinese stocks, and we'll just kind of see how, I guess, the the stock market takes to those now. I don't know if that's blown over and people are back in it, but just like a quick search, because I don't really keep up with Chinese stocks. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're looking at Alibaba being below IPO price, so to me, it's in this sort of dead zone. However, when I mentioned the dead zone in like the other podcast episodes, I mentioned that like there's been no su- prior support uh, below um, the IPO price, but Alibaba does have support there. Um, back in 2015 and 2016, it's hit like $60 before. Um, but, you know, we'll see if maybe Alibaba tests that. Uh, Chinese stocks have not been doing well. I've seen some like videos on YouTube that are recommended to me about like, oh, you know, the fear is priced in and then you should invest in Chinese stocks now. But that's just, when I have stocks like Google, NVIDIA, or AMD, like I, it, it'd be so hard to argue why would I take a risk on something like this right now as opposed to keep trading what is like working for me. Um, maybe I would think differently uh, if you know my plan was not working, but I'm slowly grinding away at my profit loss, so 
it feels good right now of what I'm currently doing. And uh, lastly, I did a quick search on Gap just because I was interested just, you know, with, uh, with the whole Kanye West stuff happening. Um, Kanye West was let go from the, his Gap contract, Gap deal. Um, but then I see other articles saying that Gap starts selling their apparel on Amazon. That's pretty cool, I guess, from like a business perspective. But from a streetwear perspective, there's no way like a fashion, like a, I don't know, like a sneak, uh, maybe, I don't know. It's, there's just something not cool about like ordering your fashion apparel from Amazon. You know, you'd rather go to a boutique and like kind of get your stuff from there, which is what I expect Gap to be, right? Like I grew up where Gap was like a very, it was, it was a pretty expensive store. I mean, at least for me, I, I, I was not that, I did not come from affluence when I was little, but um, Gap to me was like a very boutique-esque store where, um, you know, you get like very regular looking clothes, but they were like good quality or whatever. Um, but now, oh, man, because if you buy, if you're buying something on Amazon, like, aren't you looking for a good deal? Like, you don't really care about what it looks like. Maybe you you're you don't want to spend that much. So why are you gonna buy Gap? And so I would totally expect something like Old Navy. Wait, is that what it doesn't? Is Gap owned by Old Navy, or is Old Navy owned by Gap? Old Navy. Gap. Old Navy, our old Gavy and Gap. Gap was founded uh, by Donald Fisher and is headquartered in San Francisco, California. The company operates four primary divisions Gap, Banana Republic, Old Navy, and Athleta. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually just going to keep this entirely in the podcast just to show how important it is to do your research <laughs> when you're like speaking. Uh, because yeah, okay, so I can totally imagine Gap staying like this like pseudo luxury brand. Like it's like a step into luxury. It's definitely not luxurious, but it's definitely not cheap. Uh, but I could definitely see like Old Navy sales being done on Amazon. Like that seems cool. Like yeah, I'm I'm totally about that. Banana Republic stuff on there. I don't know, maybe, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, Gap is now selling their stuff on Amazon and Gap let go of Kanye. Um, but they also don't make money. That's that. I think that's the number one takeaway here is that they don't have a P&E ratio. They do not have earnings per share, but they do have a nice dividend. But, you know, with a dividend, you'd like your stock to also go up. Um, it's at a, like a multi-year low. Like it's only been at this current price. Like, it's been this. It's it was twelve twenty eight because that's what it's trading right now. It was twelve twenty eight back in like nineteen ninety seven, and it's been like it's hit there at two thousand two, two thousand nine. Oh my gosh! And it's just recently in twenty twenty. Anyway, um, that's it for today's episode. Uh, I wish I could talk a little bit more uh, about AMD and my AMD position because. Honestly, I'm kind of proud of it, but instead of talking about winners, like how I despise when people do all the time, um, <laughs> I'm just going to choose to rest my voice. 
maybe I'll do like a reflection on it uh, if I ever do turn green on for this year, but we'll see. Uh, I want to give a, a big, huge shout out to the people that keep the website alive, the podcast alive. I want to give a shout out to uh, AG Arf Man. I really in Kate McMoney IRL Chicken Dinner Empty Cans Fancy Wolf Froggy Fresh Trades Grandpa Nine Five Andy V JZN Kaput Lazy Reservist Leo Jetson Los Gator Master XC Mom Andy Two Fifty Six McFly Man 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 M Hayden Mike D Mitch Bay Seven Moz Mister Integrity Passion Bedtime Rooster Rustier Seneca Shifty Slow Motion Statistically Random Symmetrics The Jester Theta Rate Upstream Puddle Cool. Uh, that about wraps it up. Definitely feel that my voice is uh, getting wrecked. <laughs> but uh, next time you hear from me, I'll be with my parents um, in uh, my hometown. But just want to say thank you to everyone that's uh, been listening uh, for however long you've been listening. And uh, I'll see everybody next week. And if you can, try to re- come out to the Twitch TV uh, slash Real Theta Gang podcast or uh, stream on Twitch at uh, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. I will for sure make it um, because the next this next time will be the last one before I head to uh, my hometown. So be there or be circle, and I'll see everybody later.